Welcome to the Orange Socks Podcast, where we are inspiring life despite a diagnosis. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Nebaker. I was honored to learn about Hayden, an adorable little girl who has a very rare genetic mutation called DDX3X syndrome. Joining me for this interview is Hayden's mother, Danny, her uncle, Jay, and her grandparents, Michelle and Randy. I was so happy to include the extended family in this interview, a first for Orange Socks. I know you're gonna love it. Their family has a unique situation. Long before Hayden was born, several members of the family spent their entire professional career dedicated to serving people with disabilities. Danny was an occupational therapist with experience in early intervention programs. The Uncle Jay is currently the CEO of Rise Incorporated, a large multi-state nonprofit organization that provides support for people with developmental disabilities. Michelle and Randy worked for Rise and a sister company Acumen, respectively, until they retired a few years ago. Hayden was born several weeks early and only weighed four pounds. Despite that, she did great on her APGAR testing and was able to go home after just a couple of days. However, Danny soon noticed that Hayden was falling behind on some milestones. At about three months, I realized she had started doing things that are reflexive, not even functional, and then she would just stop doing it, and she was unable to sit up. Hayden's grandmother, Michelle, noticed some differences as well and shares her experience during that time. She held her hands in a clasp like this that I'd never seen a baby do. Her little knuckles would just turn white and then you would separate her hands and she would go right back into this praying position. There were just some questions, but other things she was doing just great. There's a part of where you're just a, a grandmother and worried about things that maybe you don't have to worry about. And then when you see other, you seem like regular normal behaviors, you think, oh, maybe you're just being a little oversensitive to some delay she might be seeing. Danny, because she had been a, and is an occupational therapist, she was seeing things too. At six months old, Hayden was falling further behind. So Danny decided to have Hayden evaluated. From that evaluation, they learned that Hayden was delayed, but they didn't know why. I got her evaluated by TDD, which is a company that's close to our family. And sure enough, they said, yeah, she's delayed. We don't know what it is, but she's delayed. So that's how we started. Grandfather Randy describes the challenges that occurred due to their experience serving people with disabilities while they were trying to determine Hayden's diagnosis. As we talked about what she was doing that was different and things she wasn't doing that we expected and we kept looking at the Here's a milestone date. It's been this many months or this many weeks or whatever. I think we went through lots of, well, it could be this, but no, it can't be that because it's this. And that's one of the curses of, of being in the business for a long time. Throughout Hayden's diagnostic journey, it was difficult and emotional for Danny, her husband, and her extended family. Danny's brother, Jay, shares what it was like to watch his sister experience this step and its impact on his life. It was very apparent, I guess to me in particular, doing this for a living, that Hayden had some developmental issues long before they were diagnosed and because she has such a rare, rare diagnosis. We went through a long period of time trying to figure out what it was and I got to watch my sister and her husband go through that and that was really hard on them and hard to watch. 
like any other parent, I think they wanted an answer so, so badly. It's hard to know that your child is different and your child has some unique needs and unique abilities and not understand why. Actually gave me a great deal more empathy for the parents and people that we work with at RISE because I got to have a front row seat to how much of a struggle that was for them to go with the not knowing and not have the, this, this context of this has you know, been your whole life. Really made me realize, wow, I have all this context and it's really a blessing for me in my position, but I uh, probably need to be more empathetic to them and to folks that don't have that 25 years of disability experience baked in when they are first finding out. Randy was hopeful that a diagnosis would help Danny and her husband be able to settle. But Danny explains how finding a diagnosis for Hayden was very difficult. We had to go through tons and tons of hoops. It was not like, okay, we just see a developmental pediatrician and they give her this, you know. I think today she has 11 or 12 specialists, but what we had to do was go through three different genetic tests to find what her diagnosis was. and. Fortunately, my family has been in the realm of people with disabilities my entire life, so I was not going to settle for an autistic diagnosis because I knew she was not autistic. There was something more going on. It took three rounds of genetic testing before Hayden was officially diagnosed with DDX3X syndrome. Because DDX3X is so rare, it is often misdiagnosed for cerebral palsy, Prairie Walker syndrome, and autism. It is commonly misdiagnosed because a lot of people don't get this test done or get enough testing done because you have to jump through so many hoops. When we started, there was less than 500 people, and they were all girls that we knew of in the world that had this. And now they say it's about one in a million. Finding the correct diagnosis was difficult, but Danny and her family didn't give up. For me, the not knowing was probably the worst. That for me, that was worse than getting the actual diagnosis. Because I knew when people said, oh, she's global developmental delay. Okay, well, that's just saying, you know, you have a headache. That's not, it's a Band-Aid. We, really fought to get a diagnosis and it was so frustrating because to find the right answers and doctors would say this and that because they don't know unfortunately about this disease and this syndrome and finally when we got to it it was very bittersweet for me I felt validated like as a mother like I knew it I knew it I knew something was wrong and it wasn't autism. It wasn't something else. It was something specific to her. Danny got connected with the DDX3X Foundation and the DDX3X parent-led Facebook group, and she finds that just about every day there are more and more kids diagnosed as parents join their Facebook group. So at the beginning when we were first diagnosed, it was only girls, but now there are boys because the diagnosis comes with different variations. It's actually an entire number, a genome sequence. None of them are identical. So now they are seeing it in boys and in different ways, but it's, it's mainly girls. But every day there's new diagnoses all over the world. We do have a Facebook group. It's just the DDX Foundation and ddxfoundation.org. We actually 
did just receive the Zuckerberg Chan grant in February and Mount Sinai does a lot of testing and researches and preclinical trials and clinical trials to not necessarily find a cure, but to find out more about it and what therapies would work, what would help them live a better life. Hayden is nonverbal, and Danny expresses the challenges that arise from the communication barrier, along with some other challenges that come with her diagnosis. Communication is a huge challenge for us because she is nonverbal at this time. She has her sounds and she makes it very well known when she's upset or when she's happy. But I remember for the first few years of her life, she was always just so content. We didn't really know her likes and dislikes. You really had to kind of like guess because she was always happy. She was always content. Now that she's grown up a little bit, it's nicer that she's showing some emotion and some fight and some sassiness. Communication, we're, we're really struggling with that. We want her to say some words and she can say almost every sound, like every letter to every sound, but it's not purposeful. It's, but we're hoping that it's going in the right direction. And some people with DDX3X never speak. Some of them speak great. Some of them have jobs. So that's another problem with the diagnosis is that like we don't know how it's going to affect her. And feeding. She does not eat. She is currently on an all Pediasure diet, and she was underweight for forever. Her weight was a big problem, and now it's gone completely the opposite side. Now she's chunky, which I love. I always wanted a chunky baby, and I got this little skinny mini. So now she's finally really healthy. When she gets really upset or scared or her stomach hurts and she's crying out of pain or fear. As with any child, any typical child, anything like that, when they can't tell you, that is the hardest part still to this day. Danny grieved the life she thought she would have, but has discovered there is so much beauty and happiness on their new journey. It's like you go on this trip and you're looking forward to go to Italy your whole life. And that was your life stream was to go to Italy and see everything Italy has to offer. And it's a one-way trip and you end up in Holland. It's not Italy, but Holland has tulips and they have beautiful weather and they have things that are, you can't imagine that you would see in your life. It's a whole new world. And to grieve even some of those things like marriage, prom, talking as of now she doesn't talk. You have to grieve some of those things. You know, am I gonna have grandchildren? And that's a process, but once you get through it, you're really able to enjoy Holland and you don't wanna leave. Although Randy expected and waited for grief to come, it did not. In the beginning, Randy was concerned how this would affect Danny and her husband. Michelle says her biggest worry was wondering who would take care of Hayden. She finds comfort knowing their tight-knit family will welcome Hayden with open arms. They also share how their career serving people with disabilities has affected their experience. Well, I, I remember the first early intervention program I ever got the opportunity to develop as a professional. And I was so happy to do that because First, I loved little ones, and secondly, it just wasn't available to so many kids 
you know, 30 years ago. That early intervention program brought me so much joy. And now I get to do early intervention every single day. And I get to see the progress, and I get to see the, the real um, challenges. And I'm so glad that I had the education and the professional experiences to prepare myself for Hayden. I mean, Hayden is like, God's plan is so much bigger than ours. And why she's placed with us right now, when we're retired after we've been 30 some years in the disability field, it's like, okay, what, what didn't we learn? Now I think back about all the families that I met with and worked with and tried to help develop supports with. And I think about how little I really understood. And I thought I was making a difference. And I'm sure I was, but now I understand more deeply the desires of those families for those children, their children. In my career, in our career, we got to focus on do things with your family in home services. I mean, I think about, you know, you say, did we make a difference? We invented that in the living room and put it out to the whole country. There is so much wisdom that we didn't understand that, that we, were, we were given about having families and having services in families' homes. Their family has found so much love and joy, even in the small things. Hayden's just such a unique, beautiful, beautiful little girl. She's very different even from anybody I've ever experienced, which is you know, very unique and cool in, in its own way. I look forward to continuing to learn more about her and getting to know her as she grows and watching as she grows because it's kind of a unique experience even for somebody like me who has so much experience because it was so rare. Here I was with all this context and it was something I'd never heard of. There are not a whole lot of disabilities out there I haven't heard of after 25 years. She loves to sing with me. And uh, that's a real joy. When she gives you eye contact, you know, for a long time that eye contact just wasn't there. But now she just look at you like you're really important to her. She'll kiss you. But the other joy for me is how close my daughter and I have become because we share victories. We share every victory she has together. Those moments for us are moments of great joy. She's at a point now where she can give kisses. This just happened in the last month, which is amazing. And she loves giving them. She loves snuggling. She, she loves her family. Me and my husband never wanted kids. And we got Hayden. And to see her with her father, he is the best dad. And to see their relationship is such a joy. And just how my whole family has embraced her. And his family has embraced her. Hayden's very hard not to love. She's very hard not to love. So the joys are daily. And the more she recognizes, the more she does little things. You know, these baby tiny little steps that people take for granted, that I used to take for granted, are monuments in our world. And those are just pure joy. Danny shares some advice in embracing your new normal. Embrace, embrace every single feeling. Embrace when you're upset because it's okay to be upset. Embrace 
the help that you are offered and just love, love, love. And just remember that it's all for a purpose. Whether you believe in God or you believe in a higher power or you don't believe in anything, there is a purpose that you have this child. And remember that and be thankful for that. I learn more from Hayden every single day than I learned my entire life. Randy says it's important to embrace the support system and says he's realized that the experience as a professional isn't the same when you experience something like this on a personal level. When I was in the state side of the business working for the state, that, that group of people angered me the most because we were doing, I thought, everything we could do and it was never good enough. And then when you flip the, the coin over and all of a sudden you're on the side looking for services and the case manager doesn't return your call or whatever, it's surprising to me how easy it was for me to understand that forgiveness is probably the coin of the realm when you're dealing with how do I get services for my kid because nobody's going to truly understand your situation unless they've lived your situation. And they're going to be trying in their professional capability to do a good job, but it isn't going to be enough no matter what they do because the standard they're working at is not the standard that you need. And the laws can be written however. There's not a way to rely on somebody outside your family or your experience to understand it no matter what words you use. Michelle encourages people to search for help and support through the state, and they can make a big difference in your life. Arizona does have a lot of services for kids with disabilities. They're one of the top-notch service states in uh, the United States. But yet I go and pick up Hayden at school, and I stand outside with the other mothers of these kids that have significant disabilities. They're in wheelchairs, or they're blind, or both, or whatever. And these mothers come every day as their child's getting bigger and bigger, and they need a bigger wheelchair, and they need a different car, and they need somebody to be respite. And they don't know anything about that there is a world of help out there. And there is, because that's where our career was. And so I would just encourage people that you have to keep searching for it. In the United States, the government has a responsibility to help you with your child. You might have trouble finding it. And so you need to go to government. You need to go to your state and find out who handles people with disabilities and who handles children with disabilities. There's different titles in every state for that particular department. But once you discover that they're there, you have to be a great advocate and fight for it. And they have services for you. They can make a difference in your child's life and your family's life. You have to be your child's best advocate, your grandchild's best advocate, and don't give up. Danny says it was bittersweet to leave her career to care for Hayden. And she is grateful for her husband and family stepping up so she could stay home. And she's blessed to have a family with the knowledge that they do. I did occupational therapy work and I quit my job to be with Hayden, which was great. Fortunately, we were able to do that. Sad, bittersweet, very bittersweet because knowing that like 24 hours a day, this is your sole purpose, you know, it gets tiring. But luckily, I do have a husband that will step up and I do have a family that is unbelievable. Without them, I honestly, I don't know where we would be. 
because they push me when I can't advocate anymore. And the fact their knowledge. Fortunately, Hayden came into the right family and that's how we look at it. Other than that, I'm just, I'm incredibly blessed to have the surroundings that I do and the family that I do. Randy's advice to grandparents is don't be the parent, but don't be afraid to be a parent. Michelle offers other words of advice and Randy shares his words of love. Honor your children as they have a long road ahead of them and be the relief if you can. And then just love them. Love your children and your grandchildren because love can conquer all things. You know, you pray to God that you learn to love well. And then every kid comes by and every grandkid and, and you learn a different facet of it. And she's just, she's just unconditional. I really appreciate Danny for taking the time to tell me about her life with Hayden and for Hayden's Uncle Jay and grandparents Michelle and Randy for sharing their stories as well. Thanks for listening to this episode. Orange Socks is an initiative of Rise Incorporated, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for people with disabilities. Follow Orange Socks on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, orangesocks.org, for more stories and to find national and local resources to help parents of children with disabilities.